Hello, and welcome to the Green Book Commentaries. I'm Dr. Arthur Plessa. Episode 51, Developing Principles and Practices, Part 2. In this episode, we continue to follow B.J. Palmer through the history of the development of chiropractic. We have covered technique development as it progressed from guessing to knowing where the subluxation is located and when to adjust it. We have also covered the principles of chiropractic as they were laid down within the 33 principles, taking the chiropractor from universal intelligence down to the tissue cells. Today, we are going to continue in the development of chiropractic principles, ranging from vertebral subluxation in animals to what happens to the spinal cord during an atlas or axis subluxation if an adjustment to the sacrum or coccyx is given. We begin with osteophytes. What are they and what is their purpose? Osteophytes are the bony growths along the vertebral end plates as seen on x-rays. A cervical x-ray of most people over the age of 30 will often reveal this fact. Medicine states that this process can be related to aging, but then also states the cause is not well understood. B.J. Palmer researched this topic and presented a sound and sane conclusion. A vertebral subluxation alters spinal balance and how weight and how body weight is distributed so that it favors one side of a particular spinal area. Take an atlas subluxation and how often it causes anterior head carriage. This anterior shift in the weight of the head alters the weight distribution from atlas all the way down to the sacrum. Instead of having normal weight bearing in the spine, it will focus this abnormal physical stress upon certain segments. The segments which have to support more of this abnormal weight load will develop more osteophytes in quantity and size. This is an innate response to subluxation. If the chiropractor can find the causative subluxation and specifically adjust it, Innate will be able to do one of the, th of the following three actions. First, Innate can resorb the osteophytes. Second, Innate can stop the process of laying down more osteophytes. Third, Innate can slow down the process of laying down more osteophytes. What occurs is dependent upon how long the subluxation has been present and the severity of osteophytes present. Personally, I have seen this principle put into practice many times. After seeing hundreds of patients over many years of practice, I can confirm B.J. Palmer's findings. I've had patients in the early stage once the causative subluxation is specifically adjusted, 
N8 was able to resorb the osteophytes that it created. Other patients showed a slowing down, while in others, this process stopped altogether. All findings were confirmed with x-rays, year after year, on lifetime chiropractic patients. The $150,000 chiropractic adjustment. If a spinal column is present, then a vertebral subluxation can occur. Whether it's in a small dog or a farm bull, BJ Palmer was the first to extend chiropractic to animals. I've often heard that chiropractic saves much more than it costs. Take for instance a Kentucky Derby racehorse. If that horse can finish in two minutes, it's worth about $150,000. However, if that horse develops a dropsy or other functional problems, its worth is that of dog meat. Imagine being able to find the causative subluxation and restoring that horse back to its prime. That horse is a derby is derby quality again and worth every dollar. Wouldn't it be fair to charge $150,000 for the adjustment that not only saved the owner his initial investment, but allowed him to continue racing the horse, therefore giving the opportunity for more wins and prize money? Please make that check out to Dr. Arthur Plessa. The nervous system is by far considered the most complex structure in the human body. Anatomically, it is divided into the central and peripheral halves. Physiologically, it is separated into sympathetic and parasympathetic. However, anatomists further complicated the matter when all 126 spinal ganglions were further classified as independent brains capable of governing their respective tissues without any input from the actual brain up above. In 1906, B.J. Palmer developed the principle of a direct brain cell to tissue cell connection. This principle stated that each lobe of the brain had its corresponding tissue cell in the body. Connecting each lobe to its respective tissue cells is the spinal cord. This direct neurological connection better explains how electrical energy is produced in the brain and how it reaches its respective tissue cells in the body. While B.J. Palmer affirmed spinal ganglions structurally, he denied them physiologically in that the brain was the source of all electrical energy production. Ganglions were merely relay centers to further direct electrical flow and not power generators in and of themselves. Time would prove the anatomist wrong and BJ correct. The spinal cord begins in the upper cervical spine and is tethered to the sacrum and coccyx at its inferior point along with further tethering to the spinal column via dentate ligaments. The spinal cord can readily be compared to strings on a guitar, whereas the guitar nut is the upper cervical spine. 
and the guitar bridge is the sacrum and coccyx. There is a normal tension that exists upon the spinal cord. Alter this tension and transmission of electrical energy is negatively affected. Now imagine an atlas subluxation and how this will cause a unilateral tension upon the cord via dentate ligament. If a chiropractor was to adjust sacrum or coccyx, in this case, it would cause further tension in the upper cervical area. Practically speaking, BJ found that adjusting only atlas or axis subluxations would clear any indicator of what was believed to be a subluxation of either sacrum or coccyx. We begin our reading from volume 25, page 500. Number 47. Many symptoms and pathologies apparently represent increased function. If chiropractic working principle were sound, this could not be. Innate intelligence has a given normal quantity of intellectual energy, ready at all times to supply all parts of the body with requisite function, but no more. How then account for fever, diabetes, shaking palsy, and many other conditions which indicate excess of function. Simple. There is an excess one place only when there is a minus some other place. Mountains are because of valleys. Level off mountains and you fill valleys and have plains. Cold feet go with hot heads. Fevers are preceded by chills and followed by sweats. There can be an excess only when matter, function, and time elements have been unbalanced. Number 48. A subluxation occurs. Inflammatory processes set up in centrum of vertebra. We soon have NCR condition. Weight sustaining qualities of this vertebra are impossible. Now comes law of intellectual adaptation. Innate intelligence begins to expand from reserve osseous tissue cell centers nearby. New osseous tissue cells. They are directed as to deposition of mental impulses at work. They are placed around rims of superior and inferior vertebrae, one spreading outward and downward other outward and upward. Eventually, osseous, exostotic, and ankylotic bridge has been constructed across, and weight-sustaining qualities of spinal column are again at work. Not desiring ankylosis with no free motion, knowing it has natural adaptation to pathological condition, chiropractor locates the subluxation, which was the cause of primary conditions, adjusts it, and mental impulse healthy flow occurs. Now enters again law of intellectual adaptation. <clears throat> Innate intelligence, realizing health is being restored to otherwise diseased parts, seeing less necessity for osseous bridge, begins to denude area reabsorb osseous cells, tears them down from where not needed, and takes them to where they are needed. 
given time. Vertebrae are healthy, filled out. Eggs osteosis and ankylosis are gone. Law of intellectual adaptation is at work in all parts of body, well or sick, with or without adjustments. It is this understanding which helps chiropractor to know why people get well under adjustment. This study is of even greater value today than before. Modern work has proven its adaptability because of more complete ability to flow and work than before. Number 49. In approaching disease to aid sick, medical man aims to give relief, abate, alleviate, cure. His treatment consists in stimulating fagged functional inactivity as to whip up a slow beating heart or to inhibit a fast beating heart, to paralyze a diarrhea or to stimulate a constipation. He whips up or slows down and aims to relieve, abate, alleviate condition. Farmer cures hay and hams by drying or pickling them. Physician cures dis-ease by stimulation or inhibition to symptoms or pathology. Chiropractor does none of these. Dis-ease is an abnormal condition of motion existing because of lack of energy which creates functional inactivity motion. To adjust subluxation, recreate normal foramen, release pressure upon nerves, is to restore transmission of life force between brain and body. Mental force comes down to point of, of obstruction. It does not get through point of obstruction. It is found wanting below obstruction. Giving adjustment, lifting obstruction, he makes it possible for restoration of flow to take place below obstruction of force that was present above obstruction. Chiropractor does not stimulate or inhibit any dis-ease found at distal ends of any nerve. Number 50. As ideas developed, we ran into the seemingly established medical idea such as, if diseases are caused by subluxations, interfering with flow from within, how do you account for so many diseases being inherited, or where families have a tendency to certain diseases? Fundamentally, if causes within is produced within unit per se, then it cannot be something that, cannot, that can be handed down by parents. If cause is in parent, obviously it is not in child. Chiropractor can find vertebral subluxation in sick person, adjust it, get him well, without reference to parent, regardless of whether living or dead. If cause and cure are in sick person, then that sickness was not handed down by parentage. Disease is one of two things. Disease or dis-ease. Medically, disease is an entity, a physical and material thing that can be tested or proven in physical tests. Chiropractically, <clears throat> dis-ease is not at ease condition 
in which matter finds itself. Medically, muscles are paralyzed, secretions are congested, heart beats too rapidly, etc. Chiropractically, it is questionable whether any of this is true. We look at a congested street corner, traffic is congested, automobiles are stalled, nothing is wrong with any automobile, power that moves is absent. Give every automobile automotion and no congestion or paralysis would exist. Medical men, not finding any cause in individual, look outside for all cause. It is either water, air, environment, meat, milk, sewers, or parents. They seek until they reach impassable barriers and are dumbfounded. As chiropractic has aged and more sick have secured health, including the so-called inherited diseases, truth of this fact has increased itself manyfold. These specific has taken worse cases and gotten them well quicker, which verifies the chiropractic contention. Number 51. We mentioned families <clears throat> and species as a result of plus or minus of function creating combinations of diseases. We established a new terminology to express quantity feature. All chemistry rests upon naming elements and giving number of its elements in comparison with others, such as H2O, meaning two parts of hydrogen to one of oxygen, indicating quantity. So did we establish quantity feature in our elements expressed to recognize dis-ease. C plus is always a fever, C indicating calorific function. N-C plus R indicates a degenerative process of tissue, <clears throat> regardless of whether tuberculosis, scrofula, cancer, ulcers, lupus, etc. One equation covering quantity expression blankets, more than 1,000 diagnostic terms which cover qualitative understanding. Equations are still used by chiropractors. They have lost much of former need. They used equations with a clear understanding of dis-ease, believing that quantity of function was more easily deciphered than quality of symptoms or pathologies, so they could more accurately locate organ involved. Having located organ, nerve was easily known by mere or zone. Entrance into spinal column was a known location. Equational system is still sound. It is more accurate and better than any diagnostic method we know. As a means of trailing back to the back to help hunt and locate subluxation itself. That has been replaced by use of better and more accurate means. Example, case complained of indigestion. Upon inquiry, we find cold water feels good in stomach. This is C plus stomach. Number 52. If innate intelligence lives in one portion of brain and skull, and innate was compelled to express itself in tissue cell 
located somewhere outside skull and body, then there has to be some connection between the two to transmit it from one place to another. Medical anatomies told us we had a complicated, complex ganglionic system consisting of 127 brains, each of which was independent of all others, scattered all over body, none remotely hooked with brain and skull, each master unto itself, each doing what it pleased, when it pleased, that the mastermind overall was sympathy, and that meant by means unknown. This explanation of what happened and how did not meet comprehend correction. This explanation of what happened and how did not meet comprehension of the chiropractic principle that innate intellectual intellectuality controlled all function. We substituted for this bungling understanding of mental functional man a direct brain cell to tissue cell fiber system. Every cell correction. Every brain cell has prolongation from itself which carried down into spinal cord, through spinal cord, passed out from spinal cord through intervertebral foramina, passed through tissues until it finally reached organ and cell for which it was brain's counterpart. All the brain was connected with all the body by and through direct continuous fibers over which it sent an intellectual energy, thus controlled functions of body from one central place. This was consistent with cause of dis-ease being a vertebral subluxation, interfering with flow of energy. How patient got well following adjustment. It was consistent with intellectuality displayed in health and normal life. This study is still of fullest value and time has increased it. See a Bipolar Theory of Living Processes by Dr. George Kreil, quoted extensively in this book. Number 53. <clears throat> Chiropractic principle lays premise that vertebral subluxation represents cause of all dis-ease. If this is true in man, why not true in any other vertebrate? Conditions are alike. It was natural we should adjust subluxations in animals suffering with diseases similar to humans. If surgeons can experiment on cats, dogs, and monkeys, and conclude like deductions on humans, it is equally sound that chiropractors can experiment on humans and conclude like deductions on cats, cows, dogs, horses, etc. This opens a field to those who may be interested. We can conceive of no greater business value than to take racehorses with spring halt and no good for track when sick. Give them adjustments, get them well, put them on the track on their old record and worth the old price. A two minute four second horse is worth $10,000. If lame, it is worth dog meat. Chiropractic principle has proven to be practicable for any vertebrate animal as for human beings. As we evolved, changes in application to human race 
we tested new ideas upon lower animals and found that, change for change, there is no difference. What is good for humans, as an improvement, is equally good for other animals. Number 54. Was there an inexhaustible supply of intellectual force ready, willing to serve sick body, once obstructions were correctly and competently removed? We laid down result of years of observation in the law of demand and supply. If there was a demand, supply would come forth if demand was normal and supply was needed. Educated, man frequently denied this premise because he construed he knew what demand was and he could, con and he could determine whether or not it was normal and frequently denied supply necessity. Physicians and surgeons constantly pervert this rule of demand and supply. For that reason, chiropractors are frequently called into conflict with patients who think as physicians and surgeons because they have greater confidence in secondhand opinions than in what chiropractor instructs or facts. Adhesions are a marked example. If there is a prolapsis of structure, innate intelligence seeing necessity, build supply of adhesive soft tissue structure. Physicians perform operations and remove it to leave patient worse than before, bad as it might have been as a result of a former operation, which weakened supporting organs. This study is still of fullest value, and time has not decreased or changed it. Number 55. Having conceived ganglionic anatomical concept for distribution of nerves medically laid down, medical physiologists explained physiological action through that system in a similar manner. Reflex action, reflex arc, stimulus, etc. Chiropractic laid down a direct continuity of nerve fiber from brain cell to tissue cell under control of innate intelligence. This construed a mentality at work, a foron coming as a direct result of a demand going to a direct place to supply demand with a purposeful intention and function to perform, nothing haphazard, everything with direction and intention. There could be no reflex ramblings with functions as important as those in man. Reflex arcs were excuses for medical misunderstandings. New explanation was in conformity with chiropractic principle. There has been no change in value since its inception. While all this explanatory research work was going on, simultaneously, going hand in hand, was developed the art side. Question of where to adjust, why, how, how often, when to stop, how many places. Practically, the whole profession is united upon principle, but woefully disunited and in conflict on modes of adjustment art. This was the great problem. It raised more methods and means, controversy both inside and outside our ranks than any other. In chiropractic principle, most all could and did agree. In chiropractic practice, 
Everybody was a standard. Each was an authority. Confusion reigned. In 1923, Cosmos came forth for first time in 20 years. Number 56. If a vertebra was subluxated, somewhere hidden in that backbone covered with skin, deeply buried amongst flesh, how could it be detected? Palpation was born. Chiropractic principle laid down that one vertebra was subluxated in each subluxation area. One vertebra was subluxated in relation to its second and third correspondence above and below. Comparison was only way to find it. Tips of three fingers were glided over tips of several vertebrae. If tip of one vertebra was found out of alignment with tips of other vertebrae above and below, its position was sensed, felt, and determined a subluxation. Many such irregularities were felt in each entire back. Each being determined a subluxation, each was adjusted and consistently as, equa and consistently as equational system, Merrick system, and palpation justified. Much of this method was defective. It was too all-inclusive a field and justified too much not justifiable. Palpation is still used, but only at such places and at such times and at such locations as actual interferences to transmission have been located, and even then only in absence of a spinal graph to be more accurate. Original object, of, original object of palpation was to secure information as to location and direction of subluxation. Present object of palpation is to secure information as to position of a vertebra, predetermined to be location of interference, and then is used only in absence of a spinal graph which would prove position far more accurately than could palpation. Number 57. If there were some more accurate means than digital palpation to prove abnormal or normal position, palpation alone was not justified by itself. Palpation within itself had its faults, which we recognized even in early days. There certainly were other more accurate methods of determining vital question of locating subluxations for adjustment. Nerve tracing was born to make more accurate connecting links between sick organ and place where nerve fibers issued from spinal column. Every nerve under pressure, which has interference to its flow, is tender to touch. We could digitally trail this nerve from organ to spine or from spine to organ, in this way directly proving path of fiber under pressure. This eliminated some guesswork of palpation, for sometimes nerve tracing would lead to a vertebra which we had not suspected having irregularity in position. On reverse, there were often irregularities of palpation when no tender nerves were present. We sometimes accepted location of nerve tracing tenderness as a more 
positive proof of location of subluxation than irregularity of palpation as a means of locating place for adjustment. A book on nerve tracing was finally published. Nerve tracing as a knowledge of neurological distribution of fibers under pressure is still valid and as of much value as in days developed and put into book form. However, conclusion of those days that it proved location of existing subluxations has been disregarded as unreliable and an inaccurate guide. A modern chiropractor still regards tender nerves found in nerve tracing as proof of existence of tender of nerve under pressure, still regards its path, paths as correct ones between spinal exits and locations of organs to which they lead, still regards definite intervertebral foramina as ones from which nerves have exit or entrance, but he no longer regards it as a means of locating the foramen occluded, or place where nerves are specifically under pressure, or flow of energy being interfered with. That conclusion has been found wanting, therefore is discounted to that extent. Nerve tracing was closely allied to Merrick's system in this respect. Number 58. As an aid help and closely allied to nerve tracing principle was taught in tender fiber method of aiding in detecting where vertebra was supposed to be subluxated. It was believed when a vertebra was subluxated, cartilaginous fibers connected thereto would be found taut and tender on one side or other, or both. Fibers were found taut under a gliding technique developed and used, which is still true. Believing when we found taut and tender fibers, plus nerve tracing location of fibers as they emitted from foramina, substantiated each other. We used all these means to locate supposed to be location of subluxation. Tender nerves, taut and tender fibers, at spine, no longer exist as proof of subluxation any more than to palpate an appendix, find it tender, possessing taut and tender fibers, would be proof that its location was location of sublux was location of cause. For symptoms are symptoms, whether found at spine or in appendix. We were mistaking spinal symptoms for proof of spinal subluxations. As nerve tracing failed to prove correct location of interference to transmission, so did taut and tender fiber idea fail for want of same fact to substantiate it. Modern chiropractor knows spinal taut and tender fibers can be found, but he interprets their presence in light of being pathological conditions somewhere along paths of nerves, even to being evidence of presence of misalignments, which are not subluxations or as proof of presence of location of paths of nerves that have exit at place indicated, but does not regard them as conclusive or sound evidence of place of interference to transmission of nerve energy. Number 59. 
A poison is anything internal or external, which innate intelligence cannot internally use for bodily welfare. Strictly construed, this means any material substance as well as an abstract force. Gossip can do great bodily harm because it cannot be used for bodily welfare. Subluxation is caused by concussion of forces. Concussion of forces means a clash of two forces. One to enter from outside, to meet with resistance from opposite internally. Greater overcoming lesser. Poison is the external of two halves of a concussion. Therefore, any external substance is of value or danger only insofar as it represents a composed essence or dilution of energy entering body. As external energy in any form can overcome any internal resistance if it is volatile enough. Poison can cause concussion of forces, which will result in a vertebral subluxation, which will cause a dis-ease in body. Danger of any poison depends upon potency volume of energy wrapped up in contents that may enter from outer world. This principle has retained all its value. Number 60. Merrick's system was born to help solve puzzle of correct location of vertebral subluxations. As a matter of pedantic education, vertebral column can be divided into 24 segments, zones, or mirrors. Each and every person was builded under like conception, prenatal blueprint plan. It is reasonable to expect that superior to this inferior system is a superior imposed system, equally built upon like conception, prenatal blueprint plan. Brain has divisional lobes into segments, zones, or mirrors, which correspond in areas above, as backbone has below. A certain section of brain gives origin to nerves which go to a certain organ of body, via spine. 18th superior zone corresponds to 18th inferior zone. Function expressed in 18th inferior zone is manufactured, generated, or originated in 18th superior zone. As education, this is enlightening, although its study is no way helped solve any problem as to location of subluxation in inferior Merrick system. Number 61. Chiropractic principle was born upon working hypothesis that for every dis-ease, there is a subluxation. Theoretically, if there were eight separate diseases, each having a separate and distinct cause, we should locate eight separate and distinct subluxations in spinal column, all of which should be adjusted daily. We might regard each disease as separate in a separate organ, but they must more or less interweave themselves into general health of general body of patient. It was reasonable to presume one of eight possessed greater destructive values to life of patient than seven others. Example, patient has soreness in muscles of one leg, constipation, kidney trouble, thyroid enlargement, 
and tuberculosis of lungs. Latter was more vital to life of patient than others. It, being acute, would destroy life more than chronic conditions which patient could live to ripe old age. Why not concentrate adjustment on one place affecting lungs? Focalize reparative intellectual adaptation to lungs. Get that well first, and later follow with balance. This brought forth majors and minors, referring to major subluxation as vital one, and all others as minors. A pamphlet was printed on subject. Many chiropractors followed this system with increased percentage of results, for it was found one place, taken by itself, was cured quicker than when healing forces were spread over many places. Ultimately, this was stepping stone in right direction, but did not finally reach desired objective. Our research work was constantly eliminating useless work and concentrating upon more important things. Instead of building methods and means to do more, effort was to seek that specific which would accomplish more by doing less. We sought to know by exclusion rather than to accomplish our objective by shotgun methods and not know. Majors and minors is still of value if Merrick system is followed and used. If modern methods are used, it is discarded in favor of the specific. Number 62. Was it true that for eight diseases in eight organs, there were eight subluxations? Under majors and minor systems, we adjusted one subluxation for most vital condition for most vital condition to life one selected was arbitrary and might have been wrong but it brought forth that while we were adjusting one subluxation for one disease others disappeared without adjusting other subluxations which caused them what was explanation we thought it established fact that we could have pressure upon fibers in spinal cord in its downward passage through spinal canal other than ones issued at that place as much as we can have upon spinal nerves as they emitted through local intervertebral foramina. Spinal cord was an elongated congregation of many spinal nerve fibers. More superior and more superior a subluxation more congregated were the multitudinous group of spinal nerve fibers as they came down from or went into brain. For under direct brain cell to tissue cell principle, it was a continuous cycle fiber from brain to tissue and from tissue to brain. Higher the one subluxation, greater number of nerves were congregated at one place. Pressure upon correction. Pressure above upon cord could do more damage at one place than many subluxations at lower places after many fibers had left the cord. This proved cord pressure idea. Step by step, we were gradually laying down foundation for less adjusting at fewer places, 
releasing more pressures and restoring more transmission than under older plan. Modern work has intensified proof of this principle. Cord pressure was an explanation of what could happen at other end of cauda equina, or tail end of spinal cord, when placed under pulling action, because of a possible subluxation of sacrum or coccyx. While a great deal of work was done in adjusting possible subluxations of sacrum and coccyx, it was eventually proved what we were doing was to so strain spinal column that we were accidentally adjusting major subluxation at a superior place in cervical region. A simple illustration will suffice. Draw a string taut, fastening both ends. Adjust inferior end, and an entire cord is jerked, greatest effect being noticeable at distal fastening moving object attached to same. There may be cases today where core tensions do exist, but as we moved upon as we moved upward in understanding, any condition which formerly seemed to improve under sacrum and coccygeal adjustments can be directly adjusted by direct adjustments upon direct subluxation at superior end. For fibers carrying function 2, body come from superior to inferior. Flow of functional energy is from superior to inferior. It is better to work at source than at periphery, assuming both or either and could accomplish same net result. Number 64. In earlier years of our research along adjusting lines, we established a distinct subject known as chiropractic analysis. Analysis is, in its usual meaning, resolving of any tissue function to its component paths and source. In its application to chiropractic, it means a patient suffering with whatever he had and resolving sickness in its organs into a knowledge of location of cause location of its vertebral subluxation, adjusting of same, and restoration of health. Chiropractic analysis has been maintained as a teaching subject. It has gone through many evolutions, keeping in step with advances made in research work. Today, chiropractic analysis has a limited but more exclusive and yet broader meaning than before. By use of modern methods, we eliminate disease, what it is, where it is or its location. Whether patient has one or a dozen complaints is not material. Analysis now confines itself to spinal column, determining factors in locating subluxation, knowledge of a correct adjustment, knowing when to quit, when it ceases to exist as such, getting same case well without preliminaries or finals which have to do with dis-ease confining its analytical procedure to cause and its adjustment. While this limits this subject diagnostically on belly side, it also broadens its use analytically on backside. Number 65. Palpation consisted of use of three fingers gliding over surface of vertebral back skin to determine comparative positions of vertebrae buried under that skin. We formed mental conclusions with those fingers. Were they right or wrong? 
X-ray could penetrate below and through that surface skin, present a picture on a sensitive plate, and reveal to eye exact position of every vertebra in that spinal column. Information we needed to know. Did what the plate revealed correspond with what we thought fingers found? Was inside like what we thought we felt on outside? Occasionally, but usually not. This gave birth to spinograph. Today, we may palpate, but place little reliance upon it. When we want to know exact position of subluxated vertebra, we spinograph. For years, we spinographed every place our fingers palpated an irregularity to have eye verification what fingers found, or to correct what we thought fingers found. Under modern conditions, spinographs are taken to give exact position and exact location ascertained with neurokilometer. Neurokilometer ascertains where interference is. Spinograph ascertains vertebra is subluxated. In 1930, a single plate full length from occiput to coccyx was announced by our x-ray laboratory. Full length spinographs now become basis for proof of rapid disappearance of many misalignments, formerly called subluxations, without local adjustment a la Merrick system. This is one of most practical steps forward in taking adjusting art out of theory and placing it in definite and exacting field of science. Today, there is no guesswork in ascertaining position of vertebra found subluxated. First objective of spinograph was to visually prove presence or absence of vertebral subluxation, which our chiropractic principle has declared existed. Second, purpose was to verify or correct direction of vertebral subluxation, which we contended our fingers palpated. We believed fingers found subluxation and used spinograph to prove whether direction was correct or incorrect. Today, NCM locates place of interference. Having accurately located place of interference with one scientific instrument, we spinograph that location with another scientific instrument to study relative and comparative positions of three contiguous vertebrae for exclusive purpose of seeing which intervertebral foramen has been decreased in size, shape, diameter, and circumference to study which is best direction to have it moved to open same to release pressure upon nerves. Thank you for joining me for another episode. I'm Dr. Arthur Plessa. This has been the Green Book Commentaries.